0: Bells on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Susan Littlefield. Uh, yuck! Wow! I don't know any other terminology to use that I can describe the way these markets have traded today. It doesn't matter if you're a grain or a livestock producer. There is some serious red on the screen today. A lot of reasons being factored into this market. Of course, the virus and the worries that continue to be discussed about that. Wheat's the one that took it the hardest on the grain side. We're going to find out what's going on in there and. Is there a reverse going on in this cattle market? And is that going to have an effect on this cash trade? We're going to get all the details today with Mike Zuzalo. Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics. And first of all, Mike, I know you and I were just talking off air, but I am glad that you had a very great Thanksgiving and a time to to spend in friend and fellowship. And now it's already focusing on the month of December.
1: Yeah, we did. And it's funny how fast it's gone past already. And I hope everybody listening, and certainly you did as well, Susan.
0: So let's take a look at, at what's going on with this virus, because I think it was a definite dominant factor we saw in Friday's trade, even on that shortened holiday trade. And it's just continued over into today as we see more and more of it in the mainstream news.
1: Yeah. And this is where it goes back to what I'm trying to do right now with the clients and subscribers is as we gain more knowledge about the medical side of the equation, We want to try and keep separate the virus and the commodity markets, Um, and I say that because the key for me right now, Susan, is that what the common denominator between the virus and the commodity markets is the lockdown threat, especially in China and in Asia, but especially in China, and I say that especially given the fact that Japan is getting ready to close its borders starting tonight, I believe, their time at midnight uh, in response to this Omicron uh, variant. And and I think what has to be reiterated here is is that we're in this cost-push inflationary mindset with investors looking at inflation, seeing commodities as a way to diversify some of their holdings um, but they do that in a lot of reasons because they see the emerging markets strong. And, and typically and historically, and this goes all the way back to the 2007 rally, 2006-2007 rally, when those passive commodity index funds got into the market real big. Um, they oftentimes look at the emerging markets, I, i.e., China and and the other Southeast Asian rims, and then the developed economies of South Korea and Japan as kind of the uh, engines of commodity demand commodity growth and that's very important here if we're in a cost push type inflation where it's been more about weather and been more about supply uh, over the course the last twenty months or so and so the basic point here is is that i'm nervous that if we see a bunch of lockdowns like what japan does we'll see a situation develop where the investor money will start to move away from the emerging markets move away from the commodity markets as a result of that and I think maybe the tipping point could be and this is a this is a ways off but it I think it's worth mentioning is what whether the Chinese come in and keep their zero COVID policy their zero tolerance for COVID policy in place as they get up to the Olympics and then if we would see the Olympics in February start in Beijing and they really didn't start because there was no one there, and China decided to pull back on that, I think that could really uh, create a, an environment over the winter months that would be you know, negative uh, for the commodities and something very much worth hedging. I
0: thought it was interesting, too, um, kind of looking at the, the whole global picture when it comes to grains. I saw a news release uh, earlier today in regards to ADM. And their complete acquisition, um, and I'm not even going to try to even pronounce the name of the company, but it's a European provider for non-GMO soy ingredients.
1: Yeah, and this is where ADM has made a strategic decision. It's been probably two years, if memory serves me right. They're really trying to move away from the biofuel uh, energy uh, side of the equation and move towards more of the food production again. And, And it sounds very similar to Maybe what they were in in the 80s and and in 90s as well before the freedom to farm and before the ethanol RFS came on board, and so you know not a surprise there. And I think you know one thing that maybe what you just talked about maybe sparked in the back of my mind and 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 made me think of is that what we saw on uh, Friday's trade before we came uh, went away for the weekend was we did see this stronger stronger bond market price action. Which encouraged a weaker dollar, and, and I try to explain that real briefly. And this would be a positive for the commodity markets, and that that is the trade. Maybe could start to see the Federal Reserve be less restrictive, less hawkish, hawkish, not want to really uh, raise interest rates too quickly, and maybe push out into the later part of 2022 and early part of 2023 raising interest rates, and that would be, I think, commodity friendly for the investor class. And so I think this is the two lines that I'm going to stay on to see which one kind of wins out. I think there, unfortunately, is going to have to be a winner and a loser. I don't think we'll be able to run in between both of those because they're pretty polar opposite uh, issues fundamentally.
0: And I find it interesting the diversification that is happening within all of these companies, but still trying to keep their focus on agriculture and continue the buying of commodities.
1: Yes, and I think right in line with that is the fact that we just got uh, earlier this month some of the new weightings for the Bloomberg Commodity Index, for the S&P Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, and they're still very heavily weighted in the agriculture sector. They're not really pulling back in the ag sector at all uh, for 2022. And so I think this matches up with maybe something we've talked about previously where it looks like to me the best time period for the hedger is going to be the first half of the calendar year of 2022 for corn beans and wheat and cattle and hogs um, and you know maybe a tweaking each one of those commodities a little bit depending on which one but generally speaking I think the first half of the calendar year looks best because the first half of the calendar year minus the covid strain getting worse and the lockdowns coming in and hurting our emerging market demand looks like the uh, inflation will stick around at least that long and the supply chain issues aren't going to be, really be able to be taken care of until the second half of the calendar year as well.
0: All right, well, stick around, folks. We're going to come back. We're going to continue to talk about what's been happening. We look a little weather, too, with this wheat market, as well as all the happenings on the livestock side. It's the now Final bout on the World Radio Network.
1: At Fontanelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontanelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
0: Welcome back to the Fond Final Battle here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. This week with Mike Zuzalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. So we left off uh, kind of talking about, and I wanted to mention a little bit more on this wheat market. They took it hard today, but we know that weather is going to continue to be a factor, whether it's dry or not. Um, we have not really had a lot of cold snaps, Mike. And they're talking 70s this week. Does that make some nervousness for winter wheat?
1: Yeah, I think it does, especially the hard red wheat And both major models when it comes to the hard red and areas of the Southern Plains and Central Plains. Both the major models are not giving us much precipitation at all uh, between now and mid-December, Susan. So these crop conditions coming out on Monday, as we see those, it'll be really important to see if uh, Kansas wheat especially, Maintains that high level it's so far it 's good excellent conditions are the best in five years, but i've seen since i 've lived in this part of the country those conditions can change very, very rapidly in the months of uh, December and January if it stays relatively warm and relatively dry and I think this is where it goes back to the the big thing that happened and, and this is something that the wheat has now in the soft red category become more of a leader to the downside. In part because of the dollar, but I think in greater part because the supply fears in Australia were not supported at all by a bear. As the Australian government came out today, raised their winter grain production to a record that included a wheat production record of uh, 34.4 million tons, and that compares to USDA's 31.5 million tons. So the market, I think, wisely decided, look, soft red wheat is not nearly as as hard to come by, and let's make that the short side of the spreads, especially if the hard red wheat conditions continue to go lower. And we still have that big protein issue in the spring wheat, so the spring wheat was kind of left untouched uh, on Monday. But I think we've set up a situation now where... The wheat looks a lot more vulnerable because one of the things that we could come back and say when we weren't getting the export demand in the wheat was, well, look at all of our big competitors. Most of them are having difficulty getting these big crops out. And even Russia came out today in terms of uh, an expert from Atar Tass. He said that, look, we're looking at maybe only 33 million tons of uh, exportable supplies of wheat at this point, um, mainly because of our inflation. Their inflation's at a five-year high just like everybody else, if not a little worse. So USDA has those exports at 36 million tons. So supply was always a question mark. And the last two weeks, we've traded a lot of problems with supply because of the floods in Australia. Bears put all that back on the table today.
0: All right, let's talk uh, real quick on the South American weather, talk and dryness as well during the month of December. Uh, What are your thoughts? I mean, this has been a pretty good-looking soybean crop up to this point.
1: Yeah, I'm still in the category that beans are the biggest fundamental leader to the downside until we get to January, February. I'll start buying into the problems in southern Brazil. And the key areas are Rio Grande do Sul, Santa Catarina, uh, Paraná, and Mato Grosso do Sul. Essentially, most of southern Brazil is starting to miss rains, and they're coming in at 90 plus percent planted now in Brazil for soybeans. They're coming in at about 93, 95 percent planted in their second crop, safrina corn, at this point. So it's now just beginning, in my opinion, Susan, to really matter. And so when I come into January after the first of the year, that's when I really look at the southern Brazil weather and see if we can clip some of these high crop uh, estimates that are currently dancing out there. And currently, you know, the market's been trying to trade but hasn't done a very good job of trading yet i think we still have quite a bit of la nina bullishness already priced into this market because we still have a lot of la nina bulls uh, i think long in the soybean market so i'm not poo-pooing this uh south american weather i'm just saying probably not quite the time to really get on board with the long position quite yet because of weather
0: all right let's switch gears is there a reverse going on in this cattle market we saw a drop with them just like everything else today
1: you know i 'll give you two sides of the equation, what I think it should be doing and what I think it could be doing because i'm I'm hedged um, in fat cattle all the way through the fourth quarter, getting more into the first quarter of twenty twenty two i I go back to the the whether you look at Purdue or Kansas State or University of Nebraska or whoever, if you look at a chart of uh, profit returns uh, per head for uh, cattle finishers to get above two hundred dollars a head and stay above two hundred dollars ahead, really only about three times we've been able to do that. Uh, since January of 2001, 2002, so we're in that red zone of hedging. It's kind of like hedging $8 corn right now for fat cattle, so I like hedging here. Now, what the market could be doing, I think, is the supply-demand fundamentals The market is really geared up on the demand side, but we're coming into a seasonal where the first half of December can be pretty hard and can give you a sell off, especially after you've had a November rally. So I think between that and the funds being longs in this cattle market and building more longs in this cattle market, especially the fat cattle market, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the D's fat cattle fill that gap below the market at 135.75. And if it doesn't stop there, then I could see getting back down around that 130, 132 area.
0: All right, Mike, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Best way is to go to globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two Ms, research.com, sign up for trial or Send a note out that you need to talk and just give me your phone number.
0: All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Mike Susilo joining us. Just a reminder: commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable to all investors. And that has been the Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the World Radio Network.